You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton. And you know what? We come at you every other week in the offseason, every week during the regular season, and we bring you the greatest, latest, and most fascinating Bills talk there is in the podcast sphere. Big Newt, happy to have you back. It feels like it's been forever since we spoke last, and it's only been two weeks. You, You surviving? Yeah, I'm surviving, man. You know, you we're gonna talk about it. I guess the the um, Pro Bowl stuff. I mean, I don't know if you watched that on Sunday. No. Well, all of last week, you know, they had activity, so we could dive in that into a little bit. But yeah, this is how it's gonna be, man. I mean, once Sunday comes, the Super Bowl festivities is going on. I mean, I'm really not getting into it. Right. Um, I will watch the Super Bowl, obviously, but it'll be going to people's houses and eating up their food and drinking up their liquor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, so this week we are going to discuss the bill salary cap situation, what they can do to get down to that salary cap because they're well over at this point and what sort of maneuvering can go on because we all know the salary cap is some sort of weird voodoo magic that Brandon Bean seems to excel at these days. And we're going to figure out once we get to a dollar amount who we can actually see the Buffalo Bills signing. So, big newt. Yes, sir. You know that we are $20.5 million over the salary cap. Does that scare you? It does, especially since last week, uh, Roger Goodell, I mean, the salary cap um, increased by $16.6 million from the previous year. And the fact that we're still $20 million below, I mean, you know, I feel like we're – dumping water out of a sinking ship a little bit. That's how I feel. So mm-hmm. it would have felt better if we would have been closer. But, I mean, uh, I'm not going to complain because I know a few years ago we were wanting this. And you know what I'm saying? We want to bring in uh, top-notch players like Von Miller. And if we would have had Von Miller in the playoffs, we probably would have won and still be playing this weekend. So um, I know it's probably a bad look. Now that we're looking at it, that the uh, season's over. But uh, we could do some maneuvering and try to get on the plus side. You know, back in the Doug Whaley days, the Bills were always up against the salary cap, and they weren't even a good team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. at least now you can say right. that, yes, in fact, maybe the Bills at this point are considered the third best team in the AFC, but they're within striking distance of the Super Bowl. Right. We have a Super Bowl team on our hands. More it's so, kind of where you want to be, right? Right. We have a good roster. We just need some uh, fixing. And you talk about Doug Willie. That's probably why Doug Willie's not in the league now. I think he, mm-hmm. last I heard, he was with AFL or something like that, or maybe XFL. Yeah. 
It was it was something like that. Don't don't quote me on that. I mean, he could have a job now, but last I heard of him, he was like not in the league. So, right. um, but yeah, I can see that. So, all right. So, let, we as we said, twenty point five million dollars over the cap right now, and there's a lot that needs to happen just to get them in striking distance. I want to talk about the realistic cap casualty options. And this is something we haven't talked about in our in our meeting leading up to this. But did you know that the Bills could save 4.79 million cutting Naheem Hines? No, I didn't know that. Would you let Naheem Hines go to present the team with almost $5 million in savings? No. You'd keep him. I want to keep him. Well, 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 whoa, whoa, before I don't start with him, <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? That's like, the I biggest cap. That's the biggest cap savings from from a cut. If you're telling me that we can resign Edmonds and get rid of him, perhaps. But no, as of right now, standalone, just him. No, I want to keep him. Okay, I want to keep him too. Second. But do you pay a kick returner five million dollars? Our our kick returner. And our second, our RB2, because we're probably going to lose Singletary, right? Are we assuming that we're losing Singletary? We, I think we have to assume that. Yeah. yeah, so he'll be our second running back. So my thing is what what else? It's like moving parts because I'm like, I don't. if you let him go, then we're going to probably draft another running back, which I don't want to happen. Yeah. You, you I, see what I'm saying? So yeah, it's kind of a loaded question. I, I – I'm willing to bet that they go to him and offer him because uh, uh, he has one year left in his contract. I am willing to bet that they offer him an extension with a signing bonus to bring that cap number down, break it probably down to half okay. of that. That's what I think is going to happen. But let's say for argument, well, we'll get to the argument in a minute. I get what you're saying. You're saying, is he worth $5 million? Basically. And, yeah, okay. And to answer your question, no. Okay, I can see where you're coming from with that, but it's other moving parts that affect that answer. But is okay. he worth five? Can we get? Can we make better use of that five million dollars? Yes, yes. You cannot, especially if he doesn't become a bigger part of the offense. You just can't pay a kick returner that amount of money. But that's the thing. I think next year, if Singletary leaves, then he will be a bigger part. Right. That's what I, I believe. So no, that's. That's what I'm hoping for, too. Yeah. So another realistic cap casualty here. Okay. Isaiah McKenzie. Now, that's a toughie because he's one of those glue guys, right? Mm-hmm. But you would save $2.62 million if you let him go. His, his returner role was taken away. He couldn't hold on to the slot guy. There's a slot receiver position, but like I said, he is a glue guy. I saw on Twitter that um, Beasley said he wants to play another year. Mm-hmm. So if Beasley, Beasley comes back, then I feel like Isaiah McKenzie becomes more expendable. Okay. All right. So I have no problem with that. All right. The other one, Tim Settle. Potential cap savings, $2.25 million. I say you don't even think twice. You show him the door. Oh. 
here's why. Eli Anku and Brandon Bryant, they spent time on the practice squad. They showed well when they were out on the field. I don't think that you are getting any better play out of Tim Settle than you than you could those guys. And how much we saving? 2.25 million. Tim Settle 25 years old. Uh-huh. Mm. Stuff yeah, be easy. I just I, once again, if you have it in house and you feel like you're getting the same production, then yes. I just I, are you going to go D tackle on the draft? Um, I I think you could, but I think you. W- I, I don't think having Tim Settle on the roster prevents you from doing that anyway. He's on a two year nine million dollar contract. Hmm. But did he play up to that? No, I can see that. I can see what you're saying. I'm just saying. I'm. I'm just thinking about what you said about if we have to settle, will we not draft a quarterback? I mean, a quarterback, um, a D tackle. I'll say quarterback because I was about to think about we didn't we didn't draft Patrick Mahomes because we had because right. <laughs> we had a uh, TT. So <laughs> that's why I'm like, mm, I'm necessarily, not necessarily saying that. You're asking tough questions, man. So, um, but yeah. That's I, the I'm, name of the game, right? Yeah, this is tough. That's why I'm trying to like, you know, I'm thinking about the listeners, man. That's tough. That's Show fair. the man the door. He did nothing this year. That's fair. All right. And two, in two years, $9 million. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just don't want to go de-tackle on the draft. Let's say you so. cut all those guys. Okay. That I just mentioned, Tim Settle, Isaiah McKenzie, and Naheem Hines, mm-hmm. that would save you just a shade under twelve million dollars. When when you look at it in aggregate like that, it seems like it's it seems like a better deal, doesn't it? To cut guys that aren't getting on the field anyway and save that amount of money. Yeah. Because yeah. we got guys that we want to try to extend, yes. But at the same time, you know, I, I I think the only one you get rid of there is Tim Settle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's talk about some restructuring. Now, you and I were having a conversation about this, and I think it's important that we sort of explain what happens with a lot of salary restructures. So generally speaking, this is what happens with signing bonuses. For the sake of the salary cap, the signing bonus is paid to the player the moment he signs his contract. However, the bookkeeping of a signing bonus is that it gets prorated over the course of the contract. So, Big Newt, when you sign your five-year contract to play tight end for the Buffalo Bills and they and they pay you a $50 million signing bonus, that is going to count against the salary cap $10 million for each year of that contract mm-hmm. all five years, even if you're not on the team still counts against the cap as dead money. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Okay. What the bills have the opportunity to do here is change base salaries or roster bonuses into, into signing bonuses. It's just an accounting thing. The player doesn't even have to sign anything they still get their money. It just counts against the cap 
prorated through what is left on their contract. Did I explain that correctly? Sounds good. Okay. I believe that Josh Allen's contract and even Von Miller's contract was created exactly with this in mind. Okay. Because coming into the 2023 season, Josh Allen has a $39.8 million cap hit. Of that, $27.5 million is base salary. If the if they take the base salary down to the veteran minimum and convert the rest into a prorated signing bonus, that alone looks like it can get the bills under the salary cap because by doing that, they would save $21.14 million. Mm-hmm. And that, that would add an extra $5.4 million to the cap in, I, I think, 23 and 24. Does that bother you? No, not at all. And I and I think Josh Allen's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what we're going to take care of that. Like, I, I love it. No problem. Let's, I mean, fluff the books, man. Fluff the numbers. So <laughs> if it's going to save $5 million this year and they'll save 20, almost $21 million over the next four years, then it's no problem. And mm-hmm. so we can use that money to get under and we can try to keep our guys. So – the next one, Von Miller, and I'm going to read what uh, Joe Buscellia wrote here. Um, in discussing Von Miller, who has a cap hit of $20.27 million in 2023, he writes, quote, usually kicking cap dollars down the road on a soon-to-be 34-year-old rehabbing from a torn ACL isn't a wise option. But this one makes quite a bit of sense, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> So they they can convert his roster bonus of thirteen point six million, and then get a cap savings this year of ten point six eight million dollars. Well, in two moves right there, the Bills got under the salary cap, and now they've created enough space for their entire rookie class, which is about ten million dollars. You need about ten mil. You know, Mm -hmm. not bad, right? Why not? It helps the team, and you're still getting your money. You're just getting it a different way. Why not? So I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty on the next couple of them, but through the same thing, converting converting base salary into signing bonus, if they do that with both Trey White and Deion Dawkins, they will save just over $6. million on each of those. So there's $12 million. You now have under the salary cap. Now, those are the ones that seem the most likely to me because, well, they're the ones who haven't already restructured, right? Right. So $12 million. Let's be honest here. They've got $12 million of cap space to work with, which is putting them right at about officially $22, $23 million under the cap. Mm -hmm. Is that enough to do anything with? Yeah, of course it will be. It's better than what we have. It's better than you what know, you had. You know, but, but does that know. resign Tremaine Edmonds? And that's the question. That's the question. Is that going to be enough to keep him in the building? And we got to talk about what it is going to take to keep somebody like him. Okay. What would he be in um, fair market value? And is he willing to take a hometown discount? 
Do players really take hometown discounts? Yes. They do? Yes. Okay. You don't think so? I, I don't know. I think a lot of them... You don't think Josh Allen took a hometown discount? Well, I think Not, he did, but think- at that point, he was earning so much money. Like, what's the difference between... Two hundred forty-five million and two hundred sixty million. He could be like, well, hold on, let's talk about this. He could be like your boy in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. He wants more guaranteed money. I feel like we got a deal signing Josh Allen. Well, yeah, everything that came <laughs> before the Deshaun Watson deal right. seems like a bargain. <laughs> yeah, so he could be asking for more guaranteed money, whatever, whatnot. So I feel like we got a hometown discount with him. Matt Milano. You don't think Matt Milano could have got more money on an uh, open market? I think Matt Milano pretty much maxed out. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he was going to do about thirteen million before. That was before this season, and maybe he could have gotten a couple extra million. Yeah. Per year. I mean, so I'm bringing all these people up to say if somebody like I want to make the most money I can, then obviously that's going to probably happen. Somewhere else than the team that you're already at. Usually. Yeah. So, but these people wanted to stay. We just named a few that wanted to stay on our roster because they knew we're going to contend. Like, Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. You think that Devontae Adams is happy in uh, (laughs) Las Vegas? Or should he have stayed? Or should he have stayed in Green Bay and played with a Hall of Fame quarterback? Now you don't even know who's your quarterback. Right. You know, so that's all I'm saying. Most people could get uh, more fair market value on the open market than staying with their team. Most of the time that your team is going to try to, nine times out of ten, they're going to try to get a deal, lowball you, hometown discount. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's it's the same thing in in real life for the rest of us, too. Right. If you want to make more money, you have to leave your current employer. Yeah. Because they're not going to give you the – you know, 15, 20% jump that the market is doing, they're going to say, oh no, we hired you at this rate. We can give you a 4% increase. And you say, inflation is higher than 4%. They're like, hey, whoa, what are you talking about, man? In the past, (laughs) we were only doing 2.5%. We're really like, you know, we're we're really doing you a favor here. It's like, yeah, but didn't your your revenues like triple in the last uh, three years since I hired? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's beside the point, man. (laughs) You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to make more money, you find a new job. We, find, we, we've all done that. You find a new place. So, yeah, I mean, I want to keep it. And I guess I'm getting personal because I want to keep admins. Okay, so if you cut those three players that I mentioned, that's about $12 million in savings. And the players who were talking about restructuring, that is another $44.5 million. So just... Doing the math here, that gets us to uh, $56.5 million. So you take 20 of that away because that's just getting under the salary cap. Another $10 million you take away to get uh, to sign your rookies. So what you're looking at at that point is about $34 million you can spend. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now we're talking. Let's say... You can get, let's say you can get Edmonds back on an average value of $16 million a season. There goes about, say, say $17 million a season. 
because mm-hmm. you know with the salary cap going up some some teams are going to have like 90 million to spend and they're going to go nuts right yep so say 17 million half of your salary cap available salary cap this year would go into one player are you okay with that I'm okay with it because it's not my money, but I don't know if the Bills <laughs> will be. I think the Bills feel like they can replace them. I think we went into this whole situation thinking that Matt Milano and Edmonds, we're not going to be able to keep both of them. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to lowball him, and he's probably going to walk. If I if I have my, you know, I, and that's that's just a feeling – that has anything that I read, anything about his personality. I don't know if he loves Buffalo and he don't want to leave. I just think it's going to be a difference. With the salary cap going up, somebody's going to offer him more money, and I think he's going to take it. Okay. The other um, thing is from a from a roster construction standpoint, do you want to have $30 million wrapped up? In one position. In one position where you only have two of those – Types on the field. And is the linebacker position even important enough anymore? Is it worth it? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's a tough question, he's, right? Like it's this guy is so divisive to so many people. Right, because he's so athletic. He's an athletic freak. He's been pro bowl. He It's hard, man. Like he does but have he does have flaws. I'm going to say, you know what? Cuz I, I feel like I'm whole humming too much on here. I want to keep him. Okay. But, but I can't answer that question. Once again, we're throwing out theories without having all the variables. But yes, pump it. I want to keep him. Yes. Right. I want to keep him just for continuity. And if, even if we have to play a little bit more than, than I want to, I want to keep him. Okay. Because you got to try to keep as many as your guys. We drafted this guy. We moved up in the draft to get this guy. Right. So you want to keep as – I mean, you want to keep as many of those guys in the building as you can. You want to take care of your guys. Especially when they perform, bro. Like it ain't like he's somebody who hasn't performed. Right. Right. And did you know <laughs> that he's only twenty five years old, but he's been in the league longer than Aaron Rodgers? 
He's been in the league long. Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, I don't no. think that's true. I don't think that's true. I was like, what? No, but everybody's like, oh, he's only been in, the, or he's been in the league this many years, and he's only this old. You know, yeah. it's like every year there's a player that comes out of the draft, and they're like, well, Tremaine Edmonds has been in the league for five years now, and this player coming out of the draft is older than him. Yes, <laughs> I'm year. sure. I'm sure Tremaine Edmonds is younger. Yes, he is. He's younger than the quarterback from Georgia. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> but then again, half the league is. Right. There's a lot of people younger than him, and he's coming out of the draft. I don't know when he'll get drafted, but yeah, Georgia quarterback, who just got picked up last weekend for public intoxication in Texas or something. I mean, I don't know. Oh, Vontae Davis got picked up for DUI yep. also. I Did you see that? that? Yeah. And then on, uh, I think Sport News or somebody, when they talked about it, they had him in a Bills uniform. I'm like, are you oh, serious right now? Come on now. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. I think that you have to keep Trey Edmonds because I feel like his best football could be ahead of him still. Yes. Yes. And, and those are the players you want to keep around. Right. And like I said, he's made Pro Bowls, and, and uh, I want to keep him. Even if I have to overpay for the position, we might we, we might be able to get a, a good linebacker in a draft, but I just feel, keep the guys you can and then fill in the holes around. It becomes tough, from like I said, from a roster construction standpoint, because does that mean that you have to consider moving on from Matt Milano? I don't. I don't think you could do that because he seemed like he was the best defender on the Bills roster. Yes. So. All pro. All, all pro. Mm-hmm. All pro. Yeah. And now let's look at the other one who's poised to become a free agent that is, well, he's kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? There's two different schools of thought on Jordan Poyer. He's old, he's 32, he had six injuries this past year, but when he wasn't on the field, oh my God, it made a big difference. There is a difference. Big difference when he's not out there. Yeah. But is it because of his age, is he going to look for a payday? That goes back to what we just said. Well, this is his last opportunity. To get paid. Uh Uh-huh. So I would be surprised. I'll be surprised. I would love to keep him, but you're going to probably have to what people are going to consider overpays. Thirty-one years old. Yeah. So are you going? Are you going to overpay for him? And I don't even know if we're going to have the opportunity to do that. Are we going to keep both of them? I don't think it's possible. I think one of them has to go. One of them has to go. We agree on that. And, and obviously, I'm taking twenty-four over thirty-one. Hmm. So. And you have Micah Hyde coming back. From his injury. Yeah. And the defense, though, it wasn't the same without Micah Hyde in there. When you were missing both of them, it really showed up. Yes. But they still had one of the top rated defenses with Jordan Poyer in there. Now, that's a credit to Poyer. They won a lot of games because he was on the field. That is true. But I think they get some of that back with Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde. Here's the other thing. Jordan Poyer was a bench warmer before he came to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He was a corner who couldn't get on the field. Is it possible that the Bills do the same thing? They get another backup corner and make him into an all-pro safety? 
that's possible. Did it once, might be doing it again. Yeah. You know? Where would you go with, let's say, just hypothetically, it's going to cost $17 million against the salary cap to to get Edmonds? Uh, to get Edmonds okay. back, yeah. Okay. Where do you want to go with that? Do you want to find more defenders or do you want to try to flip that money to offense? Flip it to offense. I'm thinking and, the same thing, man. <laughs> and you, you see, I uh, put it, I tweeted it out. I was like, when they did the alternates, we have three Pro Bowl linemen. How do you feel about that? That's the biggest <laughs> load of crap I've ever seen. <laughs> we have three Pro Bowl linemen. Uh, yeah. And I would retool the whole thing. Yeah. So, so priority wise, line number one, receiver number two. Yes. I'm with that. And then I'm willing to bring in like Oh, another receiver. We need another receiver. Oh, absolutely. We need another receiver. We 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 got we gotta have somebody better than Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, and maybe he'll take a step this year. That'd be great, but we need somebody in there that's gonna be better than him. Yes. He was tied for the league lead in uh well. He was right near the top of the league when it comes to drop percentage. Not good. He was also near the top of the league. In fact, it might have been the very top in at 52% with his catch percentage on targets. Mm-hmm. And I heard one person say, well, that's because his targets were all downfield. As a matter of fact, they were not. Uh, Steph Diggs has a deeper uh, yards per target than does Gabe Davis. Gabe Gabe wasn't getting it done, man. We thought he was going to take a big step forward. It didn't happen. Right. So right. I'm comfortable with him as a number three. Yeah. And he'd be a good number three. He was but, uh, in 2022. Right. And once again, we're assuming if he don't take another, he could take a step. You never know. So, but yeah, I want to go in the season. I would love to go in the season with a few new linemen another receiver, a number two receiver, you know. They um, need three new linemen. I think so. If we're being honest, they need three. They're going to get two. I want somebody better than Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown, I think, played himself out of a job. Yeah. I want somebody better than him. And He, he showed promise the first year. Not this past year, no. And you could get better. Like I keep saying, my oh, – my bedrock has always been you could fix your line in one year. Ask Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Ask Cincinnati. Ask Cincinnati. Yep. You could fix your line in one year. And we just – I feel like we refuse to do it. And the thing about it is both of those teams run the ball well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want know, Josh Allen. has to do with the fact that they, they clearly don't want to put their money into that or receivers. Yeah. And that might be our problem. Yeah, maybe. And you called it. I mean, you said it, man. You 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 was like, I don't like what I'm seeing. And then we were all hopeful. No, we're thirteen and three. We're gonna win the Super Bowl. No, <laughs> nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody wanted to hear you. Nobody bro. wanted to hear it. And, didn't want to hear it. And now all the same people that didn't want to hear it are telling me how they got to blow it up and get rid of the coaches and the front office and. Like, well, that's not the answer either, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Dorsey was supposed to interview with Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Did that happen? I don't know. I haven't heard anything else about it. I don't know if it happened or not. I'm imagining that uh, he interviewed, didn't get the job, and we just haven't heard anything about it. Gotcha. And I don't think Frazier, I haven't heard anything about Frazier doing interviews, so we'll have continuity of anything. That's, that's the fact of the matter, buddy. You know. Also, since the last time we talked, DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. Came out with a video. He's alive. <laughs> so everybody, I personally had no doubt. <laughs> well, you know me, man. I sit around all day looking at, you know, Twitter and stuff. So conspiracy theory, you know. But So now, yes, we saw him, saw a video. He thanked everyone for all the love and support and prayers and the money. I just, I still can say, and, I, and once again, I, 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 I open up my heart to you all. I wear my heart on my shoulder. I tell you all. Pretty much 99.9% of what I think. I just don't understand why he couldn't have did that weeks ago. Yeah. I, I I would love to know the reason why. That would be interesting. You know, I just I just don't know why you had to wait three, four weeks to do a video to thank everybody. And then you went to the game. Like, why, why didn't you do that at the game? I wish you could see me right now. I've got such a big smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just would like to know. That's just weird to me. So two weeks ago, I'm so glad we didn't have this discussion because I. Oh man, <laughs> you could say it. I mean, now that he done it, I mean, yeah. I we we discussed that people was on there saying that he was dead, and I was just like, well, until I see the dude, I mean, hey, you know. But we seen him now, so yeah. But I just don't think like you. Whenever I see something fishy, I just always think, you know, like for instance, let's not even do football. Let's use the, the situation that happened in Memphis, the Tyreek kid, right? He got brutally beaten up. He died, right? Mm -hmm. I knew as soon as I saw that video, it was personal. I knew it. I'm like, because it's, it's just weird that you pull out five African-American cops, roll up on an African-American and just beat the hell out of him. And the way they was kicking him and stuff, I was like, that's personal. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's just going to happen randomly. Even if Tyreek had a gun and was shooting at them, they wouldn't have did that to him. And so, come to right. Go. It's right. very rare that in any police situation, they're going to handcuff the person and then continue beating the crap out of them. Right. Especially when it's on camera, right? You that, got yeah, cams that. and all that. So, you know, pretty much, unless you're just all idiots, that you're going to get caught, mm -hmm. right? And so now it's rumors. I mean, uh, a reputable uh, publication hasn't said it, but it's rumors on Twitter that he was dating the cop that was kicking on the bigger guy, the kicking the uh, mess out of him, mm -hmm. that he works at FedEx with his baby mama and they was having an affair. Now, oh. granted, these are just rumors. I don't, I'm not going to say, you know, Twitter says a lot. No reputable person has said it yet, and I'm sure it's going to come out in the trial. But that makes sense to me. It's easy for me to believe that because that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You pull the dude over. You all, you a rogue uh, police uh, unit. You're not regular police. They they handle certain like it's like training day. Like they handle narcotics and stuff. They were a special group that got disbanded now. So all of you all are probably going around doing dirt with each other. Hey, man, I need help with this. I need help with that. They all kind of close. 
right? I can see them going along with that. And they probably mm-hmm. went too far and the dude died, right? Mm-hmm. So they got disbanded. They all got charged with second degree murder, whatever. That I'm saying that to say, and, and God bless Terry and his family, but I'm saying that to say that story makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Then, then it being totally random. So now going back to Demar Hamlin, all right, all the stuff that le- led up to Demar in the hospital, uh, we never saw him. We never seen him leave the hospital. Uh, he said that he was at the uh, facilities. We never saw video. That was just all weird to me. Now, granted, you said, well, maybe he wants some privacy. Maybe that's that's fair. Maybe he just decided that he wanted to make the video four weeks later. But mm-hmm. it just, I just don't, I can't wrap my mind around the whole world. This is the whole world. This story was for the whole world. And for you not to go on there, as soon as you leave, as soon as you can sit up and talk, the first thing would be like, man, thank you, bro. I'm going on Twitter because you laying in the hospital and you was with your parents. I'm sure you're on Twitter. You know how big of a deal this was. I would, that would have been the first thing. As soon as I opened my eyes, talked to my parents, I'm going to thank everybody. And then that would have been it. But mm-hmm. you waited four weeks. You came to the game. They shuffled you in. You had all security. That was weird. We didn't even see your face. They didn't do an <laughs> interview with you. That was all. Everything was just so weird. But I digress. He's he's alive. He's okay. And he did the video. So Yeah. Which is good. Yes. Which is good. And that actually leads us to something else, kind of a related topic. But yes. the... Article written by Jesse Pagula in the, oh God, what is that publication called? The uh, Athletic. The Players Tribune. Players Tribune, you're right. Yeah. I'm, sorry. I'm wrong. Players Tribune. And it's, well, okay, we didn't know what had happened to Kim Pagula. They finally came out with the fact that she had cardiac arrest and it was uh, their other daughter who saved her life by doing CPR. And mm-hmm. if if one thing has come out of it, Everybody needs CPR training, right? Yes. You're a big dude. You're you're a, you're a, a cardiac risk yourself. Get yeah. everybody in your house to learn CPR. Mm-hmm. That's just I just say it because I care. I'm not making fun of your size. You always making fun of me. D- you, the damn I am. <laughs> but you always give me medical advice. Like I tell you, you told me to go get the sleep app test, and I got a sleep app machine. So I mean, I don't have a problem with that. You're no, totally right. One, not, not making fun of you. Anyway, yeah. yep. Um, so yeah, she's uh, she has issues now. It's she has aphasia, which basically means she can't speak anymore. That's what happened to Bruce Willis. Is he mm-hmm. has aphasia, which is why he's out of the public life now. It sounds horrible what they went through, and somehow through all of it, Jesse played kick-ass tennis, even though the entire time she was thinking of giving tennis up. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a huge ordeal. My hat's off to the sports journalists who actually knew what was going on but didn't share it with the public because the family requested that they didn't. And this is not a sports story per se. Yes, she is one of the owners of the Buffalo Bills, but we do not have the right to know what is going on behind the scenes when it comes to her health. Right. And it's fine that they waited until now, but it was all the same thing. It was all the conspiracy theories that she died and this and that, and why are they keeping it from us? And 
I, I guess you can't say she is a public figure, though, right? So people are yeah. going to talk about. No, it. I understand the parallel. Yeah, it's just she, she. A lot of people don't know her as much. I'm sure Bill's the mafia was concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Demar Hamlin, it happened in such a public way right. that the whole world cared. You know, this is oh man, she's sick and she battling cancer. Like what happened? Now we know what happened. You know, now we can all pray for her and we're glad that she's doing better. Um, but yeah, I see the parallel, but I feel like it's easier to maintain your privacy in that situation. Yes. You know? Yes. That's all. And Jesse Pagula said that it was like cruelty from the universe that she was watching the Bills game and watched that happen to DeMar Hamlin and was saying time time they've they've got they got to move fast if he's having cardiac arrest they they don't have time to wait you know it's amazing that her mother is still alive according to doctors and right. having lived through that i can imagine how traumatizing it was to see it again on television right boy imagine going through that through that much emotional upheaval and excelling at your job to the degree that she has Mm-hmm. I don't think I could do it. I think my podcast would suck. And she's still fairly young. How long? How old can Pagula like fit? She probably like mm, she's got to be in her yeah. mid fifties. Fifty three. Fifty three. Yeah, she's fifty three. Grew up in uh, grew up in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Knew a bunch of my uh, my cousins and older friends. Huh. So in fact, my brother now lives on the same street where she grew up. Oh, nice. little tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get a chance to watch any of the Pro Bowl festivities? Nope. Not a chance. No. (laughs) How, sir? You had no interest or you just didn't have time? No interest at all. Yeah, I'm about to get on my soapbox. Please go. I wasted my time because I feel like, okay, man, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, I should be able to talk about this and... I text my boy Joe once again to play for the Saints. And he was, I was like, "You watching this?" And he was like, "No, I'm out playing golf or something. Like I can't do it." And I was like, "You're right. Like this was horrible." <laughs> now, granted, that ain't how the world seen it. It was packed. It looked good. Like, but they was trying. They're trying to make it too much like the NBA All Star Weekend. Mm. And you just can't. I don't know if you have you ever been all. I don't know if you ever been All Star Weekend. Uh, I, I've never been to it. But right. I, I've watched it. Well, you watch it. Yeah. All right. Well, I've done. I've been able to do Pro Bowls, and I've done all All Star Weekends. Pro Bowl is can't be All Star Weekend because once again, football is a team game, where NBA is way more individualistic. Oh, absolutely. All right. It's about the stars, and you're trying to do that with football, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same. No, it's it's not. And the NFL has gone a long way toward trying to remove the player's individuality from the game. So it's yeah. very, it's almost like cognitive dissonance to be like, it's all about the shield. The the players right. are, uh, the, the, the players are faceless. It's about the, the team logo. And now, hey, watch what these individuals can do. Right. Come on. It's, they did a flag football game. Okay, that's that's fine. I don't even remember who won. 
Um, they did flag football. And then in the middle of the flag football game, they did this where you had to pull this, I don't know, weighted thing of a jig. They did that, and they act like they was all hype. The AFC won. Uh, Deion Dawkins was talking crazy. Yeah, we, I told you we'd do all this stuff. So they pulled that. And then they did, I guess this is supposed to be the NFL's thing of the slam dunk contest. It's the best catch. So oh. they had uh, St. Ra, um, the kid from Detroit, the receiver, yeah. uh, going against Stephon Diggs. And Mike Vick was throwing the ball. And so they had like a mat down. So when they jump in the air, they fall on the mat. Okay. And they had like a little mini trampoline there. And so they jump off the trampoline and get passes caught by Mike Vick. And I was just like, this is horrible. And to make it so bad, they dropped half of them. Like, they were trying to bounce off the trampoline, do flips, and catch it with one hand. You uh. know? And it's like, this is horrible. So that's like the slam dunk contest. And then you had, like, Pete Davidson. He was like, you know, <laughs> doing, you know, Doing, doing weird the, Pete Davidson stuff, yeah, probably like, picking up the most attractive women there. Probably. And so he was like one of the uh, judges, and he was throwing his numbers up. And they was like, well, Pete, why did you give him this number? He was like, man, I don't know. I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> it was <laughs> funny because it was very timely because it, it was just cringe words. I don't know. Please hit us up on Twitter if you enjoyed it, I guess. I mean, we like to consume football, so I, I guess people – I can see how people did enjoy it. I'm just a pure, and once again, I realize I'm 50 years old now. <laughs> I'm 50 year, years old in August. I turned 50 this year. Wow. The same age as hip hop, which we'll get to in a second. But Ooh. I turned 50 this year, right? I'm starting to realize this last year that it's, I'm, I'm starting to be the get off my lawn guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm getting old. It's, it's starting to be a disconnect. Like, I used to feel like, me and a younger generation, we could connect. Now it's starting to be, I can't connect with them anymore. And now hmm. I'm starting to see that. And this is probably it. I'm going to be the old guy. I want a football game that you care about. I I want to start reform for the NFL, for the Pro Bowl. Get the best players out there, play a serious game, and whoever wins gets $10 million. Oh, damn. $10 million. Each? Then yeah. Whoa. No, no, you can't get $10 million each. That's too much money. I'm just saying an absurd amount of money, all right, that will get people to want to do it. I kind of feel like that with the slam dunk contest, right? Give them, if you had the slam dunk contest all-star weekend, Matt McCall from Georgetown is going to be in it. He's in a G League. He don't even, He's not even on NFL, uh, NBA roster. He's in a G League, and he's doing it. Now, I think he's going to be good because he's a great dunker. He's like 6'1", 6'2", a great dunker, and I know he's going to take it seriously. And those are always the guys that that rocket are the right. short guys. He's going to do good because he's going to take it serious. Where an NBA star, had, like LeBron, don't want to do it because I don't want to be embarrassed if I lose. And, you know, other guys who probably ain't good at dunkers, they just, they just out there trying whatever. They're not taking it serious. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that, dude, the fact that, uh, Hutley made the Pro Bowl, bro. This dude started what five games for Baltimore, six, something like that. Yeah, he's a backup quarterback. Is in the Pro Bowl. No, it has to be where everybody's fighting. You want to get it to where everybody's fighting to do it again. 
You know what I'm saying? And so I think the only thing that's going to motivate them is money and play a real game. It can't be out there. You you can't you can't have speed football. <laughs> no, you know? that's true. No, that's why they was like, okay, we're gonna dumb it down to flag football. I want to see a real football game with all the best players. That's all. So that's my soapbox. But I was I was uh, bringing it back around to hip hop. Did you watch the Grammys on Sunday? No. They had if you if you like hip hop music, they did like an ode to hip hop. And they had like Grandmaster Flash and the Fierce Five, guys that created hip hop in the beginning. They had Salt and Pepper, uh, Too Short, like everybody throughout the time of hip hop. Missy Elliott got up there. She's like a quarter of the size since you last seen her. She's real little now, lost a bunch of weight. She up there doing her little dance and stuff. Like they had like 20 acts all do like a little, you know, montage to hip hop. And it was uh, Run DMC. Um, I saw them live. LL. I think you talked about that before. Did I? Yeah. Sponsored by Cool Cigarettes. It was free. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, if you haven't seen that, go check it out, man. It was one of the best Grammy performances I've ever seen. Obviously, Beyonce was there. She broke the record with most Grammy wins all time. Oh, wow. And uh, Lizzo won, I think, two Grammys, and she did, uh, in her speech, she shouted out Beyonce, and I think that's outstanding. And also, Beyonce last week announced her uh, tour dates, too. So, I know I'm all over the place, but yeah, to wrap that up, uh, go check it out, man. Great performance. My wife loves her some uh, uh, Lizzo. Lizzo? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love her. She's very talented, and she seems so grounded, so... Yeah, and she played that uh, crystal flute here in D.C. that was uh, uh, on loan from the Library of Congress. Library of Congress. Okay. So cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So who you got in the Super Bowl before we go? Uh, oh, man. Did I hit you with a song? I'm sorry. It, it's funny because I it's <laughs> something that I should have thought about, but I haven't too much. I'm going to say it's probably going to be the Chiefs, even though I think that I'd really like to see Philly win. Okay. I think Philly is like a two-point favorite at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm going – I'm not going to say going. I think Philly will win. I feel like they got the better roster, the better team. But in contrast, I think – that Patrick Mahomes has to win. You think? He has to beat, yeah. Because, you know, if you watched, did you watch the uh, game last week? They talking about, man, your boy Tony Romo said that he feels like right now he's top five all time. Right now. So I don't know that I disagree with that. Okay. Well, if you're talking about you top five all time, if you lose a Super Bowl, you're what? One and two in Super Bowl or one and three in Super Bowls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you lost more than you won. You got to go out there. See, when you talk about best all time, like Tom Brady, let's remember when all this started. Tom Brady went to, because I was there in New Orleans when they knocked off the Rams. Greatest show on turf. Mm -hmm. All right? So you got to knock off teams that you don't supposed to beat. Like LeBron, when he beat Golden State, Golden State got the best record of all time. They Mm -hmm. were an all-time team, and LeBron beat them. That's what measure your greatness. And I feel like if you lose, that's why I was kind of hoping 
that Cincinnati would go to the Super Bowl and get their head beat in because now Joe Burrow looked like a loser. You lost two Super Bowls. <laughs> so I was like, great, yeah, make it to the Super Bowl and get your head beat in, you know. All right. Yeah. So now, yeah, if you if Mahomes go to the Super Bowl and they lose, then you're one and three in Super Bowls. That ain't good. Well, I I guess that's a good point. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I know I hit you out of left field with this, but um, you know, my friends and I've been talking about that. So I'm going for the Eagles, but I'm gonna be watching Mahomes to see what he do. So the Eagles create all kinds of problems for for the defense. Right. Yeah. They're they're just a very unique, interesting offense and a really tough defense. So I think they have what it takes to, to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, we'll, we'll see. So I guess we'll be back in two weeks to wrap it up. We sure will, buddy. We sure will. And you know what I think needs to happen? What's that? You need to give us a song. Hey, hey, hey. let's go Buffalo. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.